Welcome to Indie Dotes, the podcast that shares the stories of independent creators. I'm your host, Susan Bond. Today on the show, I have Seth Louie. He is a serial maker and one of the founders of Botlist. Hi, thank you for having me. Okay, so it's Louie, mm-hmm. right? Not Louie? I Correct. thought it was Louie. Okay, got it's it. Louis. Good. Wait, so how did it come about with this Louie name? So my great-great-grandfather, um, he basically came to this country, I believe from France or Canada, and um, he didn't know how to spell or he's running from the law or something. I'm guessing didn't know how to spell, but we have a bunch <laughs> of deeds, you know, property deeds and stuff with Louis spelled completely differently each time. Really? Yeah. So it was a little weird. Um, but what's interesting about this is that I'm literally the only Seth Louis. <laughs> so you can Google Seth Louis, and I'm on like every page of Google. Right. You're the only one. Mm-hmm. Now, there are other Louis with your last name. Yeah. Spelling, but not you. Correct. Now, is your family the other only ones who, with Louis spelled this way? I believe so. Yeah. How did this end up being the final incarnation of the name? You know, I think it would just eventually just got to the point where people just didn't spell it the way we spell it. And, um, and you know, and it just was this weird story of him not, you know, being able to spell it or, or running from the law or something. I, I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, we, we don't, there's no other Seth Louis. And, and the family decided this was the spelling. And you yep. don't know what the original spelling was. No, no. <laughs> what a mystery. Oh my gosh, we're starting a show, the show with a mystery. I love this. Yeah, and the name's <laughs> going to die with me, which is interesting. So oh. so there's only one other male Louis in my family as a, like a cousin, and he's not having kids, and I'm not having kids. My fiance and I aren't, I aren't having kids. Oh my gosh. So like, so now at least the story will be memorialized in this podcast. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if you've memorialized it anywhere else, if you've told the story. But... Actually, I have not. I have not. Okay. Well, at least now, you know, last of the line, here is the last of the way that L-O-U-E-Y is spelled. Yes. Last Seth Louis. <laughs> there you go. So anyway, we are not here today to talk about your last name, but I am <laughs> fascinated with it. I found you because I was completely, well, I was stalking Product Hunt. (laughs) And I think I put out a tweet, like, everything on Product Hunt seems like it's really big companies. Are there smaller companies? You know, like, I want projects that are one or two people, very small. So Ryan Hoover, you know, the creator of, of Product Hunt, said, oh, no, there are, definitely are. And then I found you, and I, I discovered Botlist, and that's how I found you. So that's what we want to talk about today is Botlist. Awesome. Um, is Botlist your first creation? or like I don't know any sense of like your career before Botlist. Oh, no, 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 no. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. That, okay, there's a history. <laughs> yeah, there's many failed projects before Botlist. <laughs> ah, um, so my, I can go into a little bit of my history if, if that's cool. Yeah, sure. Sounds great. So I'm a, a designer by trade. I've been illustrating since I was five and, you know, I went to college and went, did studio art and focused on graphic design and, uh, post college, I jumped into the world of graphic design. Um, eventually from that point of, you know, hard times trying to find a job, I uh, told uh, an agency that I knew front-end development, which I did not. 
Um, so I, uh, <laughs> I learned, times. yeah, hard times. <laughs> so I learned how to do front end development within a week. I would say I was coding my own website. Wow. Yeah. It was a lot of, uh, a lot of hours, um, non-sleep kind of hours. Yeah, like coffee fuel days oh. and not very much sleep, just heads down. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. So, um, I was a front end developer for about a year. Um, and you know, after, after that, I, um, kind of went off, branched off on my own for a little bit and then, um, jumped into another company, a startup that was uh, in upstate New York and we were focusing on video game software. Um, so go from going from like this small time graphic designer to front end development, to being a creative director, all within the span of, I'd say, you know, like five years, I would say four mm. or five years. Um, so I was doing, I was designing, um, huge scale, um, software for Warner brothers and riot games and, um, wow. all these top tier AAA studios, uh, which was pretty awesome. And I worked there for about four years as a creative director. And we, you know, we went from like a two man team. I was the second officially second person there, you know, behind the, the founder. Um, and then, you know, we had a CTO, uh, who was behind me that got hired as a third person. And, um, you know, and we just kind of worked in the video game industry and we did some really cool stuff for about four years. Um, you know, I, I can say that I've designed a Batman website, which was pretty awesome. And I can I say, a you lot know, of people who can say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So it was, it was pretty awesome. You know, those were some of my highlights of being this, you know, uh, I guess you could say hands-on type of person who just, um, reach for the stars and just kept reaching and stuff like that. And, um, I ended up kind of leaving that place after four years and came down to Austin and started working in, uh, mobile finance and designed, um, some apps and software that would, you know, work with, uh, PayPal or not PayPal, I'm sorry, Apple pay, um, and, you know, then we had meetings at Apple and stuff like that. So it was really cool, you know, that whole time span. So within, you know, some of those years, um, the, the third person that was hired at Mad Glory, that first startup that I was, you know, really working at, at the video game place, we kind of, he introduced me to Product Hunt. He was like, yeah, you know, he was uh, one of those serial hackers that creates yep. products and stuff like that. Um, his name's Mubashar Iqbal, and he's actually one of my best friends, which is pretty awesome. Mm. And yes, I think maybe I connected with him on Twitter. Does he have a nickname? Mubs. I thought that was yeah, Mubs. Okay, yeah. I think I've I've seen him on Twitter. Okay, got it. Yep. yep. So Mubs and I worked at you know Mad Glory for four years, and we saw that company through. And you know he introduced me to Product Hunt when it was new, and uh, you know we would just end the days talking about different products and software that we really liked and, or we wanted to build. And so we started creating a bunch of stuff, you know, out of, you know, the, the, the wee little hours that we had throughout the day. And, you know, that's where kind of my whole maker status started from is, uh, Mubs introduced me to product hunt and I got, you know, I got the bug, <laughs> I guess you could yeah. say. And we just started building a lot of really cool software and, and tech and stuff like that. So that's where it really started. Got it. Yeah, I feel like doing it on the side and just hacking on stuff is 
Uh, I mean, it's a familiar way. I think it's a, it's also a really nice way to just sort of experiment, right? There's probably mm -hmm. not a lot of pressure when you're doing it that way. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is like, we got so addicted to going to hackathons. Ah. Um, and you know, that's how it's, you know, not really how it started. I think we just like, by nature, we just love creating things. And if you get, you know, a lot of, a lot of software out there in Silicon Valley is like, you need millions of users to make an impact. Really, you just need to make an impact for a handful. And if a handful of people use it, you're changing the way they're, they're, you, you know, using some software in their lives. And that's kind of important. And I think that's the basic fundamentals that we have to go back to is think about helping, you know, some, uh, a handful of people and just being extremely valuable to them. And, you know, if they use the, the software for years and that's awesome, you know, um, and, and that's, what's important is creating something that's super awesome and, you know, helps people out and valuable. Right, right. There, there definitely is that whole idea, the Silicon Valley idea that, you know, has to be big and huge and unicorns and all those sorts of things. And this show is sort of uh, all about the philosophy that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're, you know, we, we do have some makers who, who have pretty big projects, but that's not, we look really a lot at like valuable or smaller projects or things that are maybe on their way to something else. So yep. I love that philosophy. So let's talk about how Botlist in particular came about. Sure. Um, it kind of started in 2016. We, after a bunch of, you know, products that we were building and shipping on Product Hunt, um, officially I have 24 now um, oh, wow. made on Product Hunt. So I've, in the past two years, I've been nominated for Product Hunt Maker of the Year, Mubs has as well. Wait, what does that mean? Product Maker of the Year, Product Hunt Maker of the Year? Yep, it just means that, you know, Product Hunt every year does these awards for their community, which is super um, awesome, I think. Um, I, I think it gets the community rallied around what Product Hunt, you know, their core mission really is. Um, yeah, they just had them. I vote. I vote. I know. I voted in the last one. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, but I don't know the product hunt maker of the year. I don't know that category. I only cat. I think mine was only like an app one. I don't know. Yep, yep. They so they do that based on algorithmic voting instead of ah. um, instead of actual voting. So they they have this algorithm that says, okay, well, how many you know products do they make? How many upvotes do they have? Um, how you know, involved in the community they were, and then they ah. do some sort of magic sauce and then they create, you know, this product hunt maker of the year. And are um, they a few people or is there just one or two that are named it? There's only one that gets the, the golden kitty, I guess you could say it's the award. Um, and did but, you get the golden kitty? No, I have never oh, gotten the I'm golden kitty. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have asked that question. I don't <laughs> it's, you know, it's like the gold medal. You didn't get the golden kitty. I'm sorry. I know. I know. I know. It's one okay. One day. One day. It's coming. <laughs> I, one day. I, I think, you know, the, the important thing about their awards is that a show is, you know, incentive for the, the community to um, really just kind of be involved and stuff. And it just makes it really fun. Um, so yeah. I, I love that fact, that aspect of it. Okay. So I got you off track. Oh, I was yes. like, what about the product hunt maker of the year? Okay. So we're going on bot list. <laughs> yep. So bot list started in about 2016. Ben Tossel, 
um, Mubashar, Iqbal, and myself, we kind of uh, came together and we knew Facebook was going to uh, release their API for Messenger to you know, introduce bots. Slack already had bots out there. And uh, let's see, Amazon was already you know, doing their Alexa skills. And I think there was a few other ones. Telegram had bots. Uh, and we just kind of saw the need that bots are going to be the future. They're going to automate some tedious tasks that we have. And, you know, people have more than one conversational device or app or platform that they're using on a regular basis. So Botless was kind of started as a directory of a place where you can go and you can find bots that, you know, worked on Slack, uh, Alexa, Facebook, Telegram, Kick, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, it, you know, that's where it started was in 2016. And, uh, and you know, it, it's kind of evolved over time to become a community of bot makers and, and bot enthusiasts and stuff like that. The bots that we're talking about are chat bots? Well, I, or are they all sorts of bots? I think they're all sorts of bots. Because okay. if you look at, like, Google Home and Alexa, those technically are voice bots, right? You know, Facebook mm -hmm. Messenger definitely has... Uh, chat bots uh, but there are other bots out there that people do list on on the website and you know they don't technically need somebody to converse with them they just need to do something that automates you know um, a tedious task or you know makes things a little bit easier yeah I saw one what was the one that was my favorite I have to find it it was like about oh, out of bacon bot <laughs> yes. I don't know if you know that one, but I I, yeah. I was like, look, poking around. I was like, oh, out of bacon. That seems like a super important one because I love bacon. Um, <laughs> I seriously would use that. Um, so got it. So it's not just chat bots. It's any kind of bots. Mm -hmm. Correct. How long did it take to get this, you know, uh, bot list up and running? Well, the great thing about working with um, some people like like Mubs and I work together on a lot of projects. Um, and, and the great thing about being part of a vetted team uh, of like kind of indie hackers, I guess you would say, uh, mm -hmm. is that you can kind of determine who is really quick at shipping a lot of stuff fast, right? So it didn't take that long to get the initial uh, fundamentals of the site uh, together. Uh, it took more time adding bots and managing and, and stuff like that in the beginning. So we started the idea, I'd say, in January 2016. We launched uh, the day before F8, which was kind of part of our, you know, process. We wanted to kind of ride the coattails of uh, Facebook and the news, right, on TechCrunch and stuff like that. And it worked. It worked amazingly. So, um, but we had it done, you know, months before that. Uh, I would say nights and weekends, like if we combine all the time together, it probably only was what, like a week's worth of work. Because you're working on, an, on the night of the week. Yeah, we had full-time jobs and stuff. And yep. Did you launch it on um, Product Hunt? We did. We did. We launched it the day before FA on Product Hunt. We had, I think the first and second day, we had a combination of about 100,000 visitors. Some, that somewhere seems like around a there. lot. It was a lot. It was it was definitely a lot. And you and hadn't done any marketing or promotion before that? No. Yeah, no. you just put it on Product Hunt. We just put it on Product Hunt. Uh, we might have reached, I think Ben reached out to a few people for TechCrunch and, you know, so we kind of like, 
you know, stoked some the fire a little bit. It got some coverage, right? We got some coverage, yeah. We were on TechCrunch, we were on Digital Trends. We, we were definitely in the news for a little bit, which was pretty awesome. And we talked about Product Hunt with somebody else actually on the show. Apparently, she didn't launch uh, Lynn Tai of Key Values. She didn't launch on Product Hunt, and I guess somebody else launched her on Product <laughs> Hunt, and then she was not the maker of her own project. And like, do you have any quick tips for folks about launching on Product Hunt? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's all about community in and for product hunt and the more involved you are with the community the more value you're going to see out of getting launched on product hunt um so what that means really is like i generally go i used to do it a lot more like daily i would go on product hunt and i would you know test out products and give reviews and stuff like that um lately i've just been so busy that i probably do it about once a week you know i go there and i'll check out some products upvote um, and what happens is, you know, you, you start finding people that like-minded people that like to build a lot of stuff. So then you start getting followers and, and, yep. um, you know, so before you launch on product and you should actually just go to product Hunt and just start being involved. Um, and I think that's one of the most important things when you're an indie hacker or a maker, you know, indie hackers also is another great website that you should participate in if, you know. Yeah, Speaking of indie hackers, they sold they sold to Square, I think, right? They they did. They were, um, I think it was an AccuHire or yeah, they, something, they, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they're amazing too. They have a great platform. Same community, two different products, but um, it's important to be you know part of these communities and and kind of be involved first, and that's my first tip. I think it's a really good tip just in general for folks whenever you want to market or promote anything Mm -hmm. is give back, you know, like give back before you, I I think it's such a great, it's just a great reminder, like on product hunt on anywhere, do that before you want to build an audience. I mean, Gary V says it best, the, the jab, 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 right hook. Right. And if you, you introduce that into everything you do, eventually the the platforms and the communities and everything just thrives a little bit better you know there's more value as a maker or as a marketer or whoever you are there's more value that you're providing and more people will see that and they'll want to help out because i mean that's our human nature right if you see somebody pulled over to the side of the road and you know you notice they have a flat tire it's somebody it's raining and you want to stop, even though, you know, in this day and age, you don't really know how safe you're going to be. You still want to stop deep down inside. You always second guess yourself and you want to stop. So it's, I guess my point is, you know, it's all about providing that pay it forward mentality of jab, 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 and then right hook, you know, ask for something later. Right. Yeah. I think of it as like being generous, being right. as generous as you can with helping and supporting other people towards their goals and dreams it, it definitely gets you farther and it feels, yeah, yeah and it feels good honestly i don't know about anybody else but that always feels good yeah let's go back to so you launch on product hunt mm-hmm. and you said about a hundred thousand yes view, Vis- view, visitors visitors thank you visitor and w- were you surprised by that i you know i <laughs> i think we were at first because you know, everything before Botlist, we kind of, it was kind of like small time, I would say, um, you know, ex- with the exception of Q, uh, Q was another product that I helped assist on. 
And, you know, there were some other things that, you know, got some decent upvotes, um, but there wasn't anything that, like, where we could see the actual, you know, visits and, and you know, that, that initial feedback. So it was definitely eye-opening, and I think that's the reason why we continued with it. Because not only did we get an amazing first initial reaction to it, but you know, that the, the trend obviously dropped, you know, every day right. there wasn't 100,000 people. Visiting. Yeah, yeah, it's like a big <laughs> hockey stick and then it's like, and then there's like a cliff, right? Right. But then, you know, that that upwards trajectory just kept kept going and, it, and it's continuing you didn't have to have a big You didn't have a big cliff. We didn't have like a huge cliff. Yeah. Um, you know, today we're, we're still getting 300,000 page views every month. We're getting 100,000 yeah. visitors every month. And it's, you know, it's not bad for, you know, I guess you could say a one to two, three person team. Right. So you said it took you by, it took you by surprise. Did, you know, did that, the, the great reception, did it make you do anything different besides say we need to invest more time or whatever into it? You know, for me, it definitely did. Mubs and, and Ben have moved on since. Uh, and I was sole, solely pushing this for a while. Uh, I had some team members jump on and then leave. And so I would say I'm the most consistent with continuing BotList um, to, to date. And it's been a, a few years now. So personally, for me, it, it definitely showed me the future of bots and, and how uh, important they can be with our society and, and moving forward. Um, and that's really what made me believe in the future um, of bots. So I guess the initial, you know, seeing the initial views and, and stuff and then just seeing consistent positive feedback and, and you know, traffic, it just kept me with it longer. <laughs> Today, is it your full-time job or do you do it on the side? It's, it's definitely my full-time job, yep. And when did it become your full-time job? Uh, when I got laid off. <laughs> ah, so you got laid off. When and how? When was that in relation to the? I'm sorry to talk about a painful. Incident. No, it's quite all right. Then, I don't mind. And then chuckle. I wasn't chuckling at you. I've been laid off five times in my career. Oh, I've so. been laid off the same. I would <laughs> say a sympathy chuckle. Yeah. Um, and now I'm like, and I'm working for myself, and that's been me for the for, for 14 years. Yeah, and as you as you know, you know, it's it's kind of sometimes it's kind of a good thing to get laid off. It can definitely be a good thing. So how long after Boutless launched did you get laid off? Uh, I think it was like a year, year and a half. I just got laid off this past May um, at a startup here in Austin. Um, they went into okay. maintenance mode and, you know, just couldn't. It product. happens. Right. So you've been like, we're, so at this point we're about, you know, nine or ten months out. Yep. And so when you went. When, when you got laid off, was it your immediate thought, I need to get another job? Or did you think, well, I'm, maybe I'll put some more time into BotList? No, I, um, I've always wanted to kind of, you know, work on my own startups. And this just gave me that nudge into that, that you know, path, I guess you could say. And thank God for crypto, because that really helped with the finances. <laughs> yeah, tell me more. Yeah, I just, you know, I was invested in crypto crypto for a while. I guess you could say it's helped uh, with the finances a little bit, um, especially planning a wedding. You know, I, I started investing in, I think, late 2016 or early 2017. 
and uh, and that kind of became my buffer a little bit. But it's you know it's still challenging, especially to monetize a community. It's very very difficult. So when you were how much before you got laid off? Let's say you're working at the startup and you're working on Botless on the side. How much of that? How much time are you spending on Botless before that when it was just a side project? Um, nights and weekends, as much time as I could. Uh, the great thing about this bot list and this entire thing is, is my fiance is an excellent support system. She knew my dreams of it and, you know, she's an RN, uh, ICU RN and she does, she has a lot of hours. So there were a lot of times where I'd only sleep, you know, one to uh, two to three, four hours a, a night and just constantly work on bot list. Wow. Yeah. And how soon did um, the other two cut out on the project? Um, ben left about a month after launch. He was still working at Product Hunt. Um, so he was community manager of Product Hunt. He got uh, a promotion. He couldn't really handle the task of two communities, which... which oh, for you know, sure. It's, it's a lot. It's it, it was a lot of work. And Mubs, he left about... I guess he, he still, I don't want to say he left because he, he's still a good friend and he helps me from time to time on different what? stuff. You know, he's been less involved, <laughs> less involved for, for about six months, maybe I'd say the last six months. <clears throat> yeah, maybe. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I was just sort of curious, like how long, so you've been on your own, on your own for the last six months. Uh, yeah. For the most part. Right? For the, for the most part, we just got a, a new CTO and um, a okay. friend who used to work at Spotify uh, has kind of jumped on the growth stuff. So I, I would never say that I build this on my own um, because right. there's an excellent support system that I have from friends in the industry that have for constantly sure. helped, you know, no matter if they, you know, uh, help by just being a soundboard or, yeah. You know, just there's always somebody that's helping you. So I, I would never I always talk about Ballast as we. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Such a good point. Yeah. Just because, you know, you're never doing something alone. You're, you're never. <laughs> right, 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 right. I just mean like you're helming it. You know, like you're you're pushing it forward. You're you're largely the person who's pushing it forward now. Yep. With support of other folks. Exactly. So how have has the product evolved how has botless evolved from the original launch well i'd say before you know we were just a directory and there wasn't much value out of that now we're pushing to be more of a social aspect so we focus on helping the bot makers get noticed and we help their um you know their talents get noticed their bots get noticed um when i hear from some bot makers saying that their bots are doing better on our platform than the Facebook Messenger discovery tab. That, to me, that says we're doing an awesome job. I think we can always do better. Um, but that, to me, that says we're, we're doing an awesome job. So f from evolving uh, over time, I would say we're, we're more socially focused now. Uh, and we're more of a community now than anything. Um, again, that's going to change moving forward uh, with new technology, uh, blockchain. I'm not saying we're, we're going to be 100% on the blockchain, but um, we might look at micro payments a little bit um, for different you know, actions because each maker, each bot has a different need, right? So they, they need to advertise differently. They need different features. 
Um, so it's really difficult to cater to everybody at the same time. So, and, and be like pigeonhole one maker and say, okay, well, we're going to have a, um, pro membership and here are all the features that you need. And this is everything that you need to pay for when, if that one maker needs, uh, only 25% of those features, what's the point of paying that membership when you could just maybe do micro payments, uh, from time to time. So I think it will always constantly evolve um, going forward, but that's kind of where we're at now. And so how did you, the evolution from being more of a directi- directory to a community, was that organic or was it one of those light bulb moments? Was it one of those, you know, you're thrashing around and then suddenly the answer appears? Like, how did that happen? Just over time, we just kind of realized that, you know, everything is more social and I personally like the community aspect of say like product hunt. Uh, when you look at product hunt or you look at like nomad list, which is another great, <clears throat> amazing product or indie hackers, they're all basically pushing the community aspect. And when you have this high quality community aspect, uh, about your products, you're going to have a, lo- a better longer term than a short term value. Um, and I guess this really also like my experience in the video game industry kind of helped me decide this as well. So with AAA games, they have a shelf life. They call it a shelf life. So, you know, Call of Duty 1, and all of a sudden next year it's Call of Duty 2, and, you know, you want your kids, like your kids are asking to buy it, and then all of a sudden there's Call of Duty 45, and you're just like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) there's a shelf life to each game what you're seeing in these communities as well in these these games is that the longevity the the games that just kind of do tweaks to their their core game the the community is stronger you'll see Hmm. um, which is kind of interesting where i learned that was league of legends and riot games Um, they they are just all about the community the game uh, and everything and they don't really have a shelf life they have seasons so the game evolves but they don't like they're not jumping on a different game you know like batman or something like that it's just one game it feels like do you know the game fallout mm-hmm. um and I, you know that kind of reminds me of sort of that like it feels like such a community i play fallout shelter on my phone still nice. um but yeah so i get that idea of like the the community and so you got really clear that Botless needed to evolve to really focus more on the community. Correct. Because you're only as strong as your community as a product, I believe. Um, you know, if you're building uh, something like Product Time, you, you really have to be involved in the community and you have to have your community helping you push the rock up the hill. Uh, it's really, a, it's a lot harder to have a successful product when you don't have that community aspect. So would you say that you would put community before features uh that's tricky as long as you're providing (laughs) (laughs) i knew i was asking a hard question (laughs) yeah as long as you're providing value right if if you have if you have like these features that you make um if they're not valuable or you're not marketing them correctly or you're you don't know because the the problem with features is that one community member might ask for one type of feature and then another community member might ask for a different type of feature. So 
if you're just providing value to your community first and foremost, then I think it's a little bit more important. Um, and then you don't go down that rabbit hole of, uh, you know, just feature feature creeping. Um, I look at like Instagram, right? Instagram started off as a app that did pretty much everything under the sun. And then they just realized, let's just make it about community and, and you know, photo sharing. And that's it. And it's it's booming. Well, when you speak about value, so is bot you know botless is it free or how, do, how does it make money how do you make money <laughs> i know that's like the gauchest question but i'm just really curious because i know my audience cares right like they're they're wondering about this right oh yeah Tr- trust me when i say i wish it made more money <laughs> <laughs> well not just to care about like how much money you make but also like can you make money from this and then how do you make money is this is a very much a theme on our show yep so Right now, yes, it is free. It's free to post. It's free to submit. It's free to have an account. Um, I would say the the pro features of it that you pay for just give a little extra. Oh, so you can. So there's a free version, and then there's a pro version that you could pay for. Correct. Um, okay. And in that pro version is really about you know um, messaging the users of the bot who've reviewed, like one on one messaging. Um, it's about analytics. It's about deep diving into, um, you know, your bots and, and how they're doing on the bot on bot list. Uh, we promote more people that kind of support the community and, and bot list in general. So, you know, if we don't have anybody advertising this month, we might say promote some of the pro members more. Um, and it's it's not like we're trying to pick people out of this, you know, huge plethora of, of it. Um, we're not trying to pick people out and, and try to not help those people that don't pay us. We right. just, you know, I'll always remember who supports Botlist in, in the two years that we've been doing this. I'll always remember, even if it's just sharing stuff online or just writing blog posts for us or whatever, I'll always remember who those people are. And I'll always remember those people who have supported us financially as well. So to answer your question, you know, there it is free. It does make some money. Um, I would say it's been difficult trying to nail down what that process is of making a substantial recurring revenue. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, like, bots have this negative connotation at times um people think they're spammy they're annoying or they're not doing justice but we're still in this like really early development phase of this technology and you know um once once we get over this hump of like i kind of compare us to like blockchain a little bit right or bitcoin or whatever people don't you know the the people who are early adopters are going to see tons and tons of value moving forward. Um, the people who are scared of it probably are going to take a little while to come around. Um, bots in general have this negative connotation. People think they're going to take their jobs and yeah, they might take one aspect of your job, but it's going to free you up to think about uh, a new problem that bots can't solve. So I think that's, you know, I kind of went on a tangent there, but no, that's really interesting. I know. I love it. I love the tangents. So, yes, but I think that it, it does 
anytime you're trying, whatever it is, like bots are definitely on an edge. And I, by the way, I was really looking for something sort of in the bot land. I've, you're the first person I've had on the show to talk about anything bots. Awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I've definitely been, I've been kind of like creeping into the areas of like AI, machine learning, um, bots. And so you're the first one and I absolutely wanted someone to come on the show and talk about it. It's, I think it is, you know, bleeding edge and that will make it a little bit harder to come up with what your service offering is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just takes time in general for folks to kind of figure out what does their community really want? What's really valuable to them? It, it definitely does. Um, and we've changed over time and it's it's been difficult from, you know, doing this on my own too, because like, I come from a design background, so, uh, you know, backend engineering isn't my strong suit. So, you know, learning how to write PHP is very difficult for me. So, you know, if I need, you know, and this is where Mubs does come into play. He's a great friend. I'll just jump on a call with him and be like, hey, how do I do this in PHP? So it might take me, you know, half a day to do something compared to, you know, if I were to design something, design a website, it would take me half the same amount of time, half a day, which is right. incredibly short period of time designing, you know, a website compared to like writing PHP. Well, right. And when you are move, moving something forward, even when you have help, you still have to extend yourself and learn different things or find someone to help you do that. Yep. Um, and the, uh, when you're th- when you think about the money that is being brought in uh, for a bot list, is 100% of the income you're bringing in from the pro membership, or are there other revenue streams? Um, advertising is huge for us. Um, okay. We also built out like a jobs board, which helps. Uh, I would say a majority of the money, the consistent money, is pro, but it's not a lot. Now the big paydays are you know advertising because we do have. Uh, you know, 100,000 visitors a month. We have 300,000 page views, uh, et cetera. We have over, I think, 12,000 registered users now. Mm. And how many bots listed do you have? Um, We try not to talk about that. And it's Uh, not that... No, it's, it's cool. The... I'll, I'll so tell I you. I asked the bad question. No, no, no. I'll tell you because I think this is very important. The reason why we don't publicly display that information is because people look at our community wrong. So ah. they see quantity instead of quality. So every bot that gets submitted, I actually like 10, 11 o'clock at night, I'm actually testing these bots out and I'm seeing what works and what doesn't work. If it doesn't work, it doesn't get listed. So you test every bot? Every bot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was asking because it's like the scale of it. Like, I think that there must be so many. Because I saw something on the site that you only approve six bots a day. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, that seems like a lot. But but, <laughs> but that so that gave me a, a sense of the scale. There's there's definitely a lot in our uh, queue is is very large right now. Um, I think that will change. So with every product, everything always evolves. And I think that will change in time. I think we're going to open it up and give, you know, our more veteran users and community members um, the ability just to, you know, pass submission, that whole submission process to where like we know they're going to work because this person's already launched, say, like five or four or whatever. Um, So they know it works. Um, and I think we might be heading in that direction because there are so many bots and there are so many different platforms that bots are on. I mean, we're supporting 19 different platforms. Wow. 
So that's a lot. It is a lot. And with voice, you know, more voice people are using, <clears throat> you know, Google home, Alexa, hell Cisco. Uh, I like, we're not even handling Latsian's stride, um, platform that's going to be coming up next. We're going to support that. So there's a lot of like enterprise bots out there as well. Um, and you know, new technology will in, increase the bots. Yeah, for sure. So what's next for BotList? Like, do you have, I don't know how you sort of do your planning. Are you one of those people who does a lot of strategy or more sort of see what comes? Um, <laughs> strategy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love using strategy, huh? <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> I think it's like, you know, we kind of have to listen to your, your audience and your community and see what's going on and pay attention. Uh, I think, you know, Messenger just released an update to their platform. Um, Discord is huge with crypto communities uh, and, you know, blockchain. So Discord is, is very, very popular. And a lot of people don't realize that. So I think, you know, what's next for BotList is we're just going to focus a little bit more on how can we reach more people and how can we provide, you know, B2C um, users and, and, and just introduce like the positives that bots have the difficult part with bots like i said before is the negative connotation i mean look at like the trump election uh russia bots or all this you know the media likes to put that scarlet letter on bots and you know if you really think about it it's bots just really are a way to kind of do that tedious task or like think about how much stuff you do on a daily basis that's repetitive if you had a bot doing all your repetitive stuff every day you wouldn't have to worry but you know you could focus on something else mm -hmm. well and certainly you know my audience are, is mostly software developers though not mm -hmm. exclusively but they're all sort of geeky my guess is that my audience has less of a negative view of bots than the general public does. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could be wrong. I'm not saying that they think they're wonderful because they're all probably yelling at me right now, <laughs> throwing something at the computer. I'm sorry. Um, but my guess is that, you know, they understand that because they're technical folks, right? And so mm -hmm. repetitive tasks, right? Yep. You want to, I'm sure they're used to automating those kinds of things in yep. code for sure. But so, but I think what you're saying is, is correct in the general public, um, particularly in the media and the last year and a half or so has definitely shifted, you know, the, the opinion about bots is not always been great because of that. So how are you combating that? Are there ways, how are the, what are the ways in which you're trying to spread the word about the positive aspects of bots? I would say we want to educate users on a mm -hmm. massive scale. So I think, you know, that you can't have bot list without education. Um, and I believe that's going to be one of our next steps is, is really focusing on that education and marketing. Um, and since we are a small team, um, I think we have to really rely on our community and this work community really comes into play. Uh, we have to rely on our community to, to help us with content marketing. Uh, there's a blockchain, um, community out there called, uh, steam it where they actually take you know if, if it's kind of like a reddit style and if you upvote you're actually giving money towards that author or if they post something they can they can 
get some sort of monetary value out of um, the content that they're pushing. And I think, you know, we're going to see this on a, a massive technical technological scale is that um, these these platforms are going to not make as much money and the community is going to make more. So we're going to, you know, row the boat. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> Anyways. There's going to be more people rowing that boat instead of, you know, just, you know, your community is going to help you out a little bit more is what I'm trying to say. So um, we don't have funding. We're 100% bootstrapped. So, I, you know, if we were funded and we had some sort of backing, it would be a lot easier to, you know, have like a content marketing section of the company. Um, but we don't have that. So how do we how do we, you know, move forward? Well, we need to rely on our community. But we need to give our community some sort of incentive to doing this. And I think that's, you know, the future is trying to educate our um, the massive audience about bots and, and using our communities to do so. Well, and I have one last question. When you mentioned, you know, being bootstrapped, that's as almost all of our all of the folks I interview are. Is there a plan ever to get funding? Is funding something that you wanted and didn't go for or are planned to go for? I think funding sometimes can change a company. I think it's it's difficult because you always want to see when when you raise money, your investors are looking for that exit. They want they want that 3 4x or 10x right. or whatever. Right. Cuz they want to recoup their investment. <laughs> right. And I think that changes a product a lot. Right, and you can just you have to. I think you, what you're saying is you have to be conscious about whether you that's what you want, mm -hmm. right? It's not like an automatic go get funding, right? It's is that what I want to do? And so it sounds like for you, that's not really something you're considering at this point. No, I I don't think we're gonna consider funding unless <laughs> unless I really need some money. But <laughs> uh, um, no, I just you know we we make different products uh we just released one soft launch one last week uh, with bots um, it's called crypto mod so that's one way of funding that we're going to have and it's you know under the, the bot list umbrella i guess you could say um, so that's going to help fund the site a little bit um, so we we do these different things to try to bring in money and you know we totally appreciate all the support that that really gets so that's kind of the future for us 